0: And turn to John chapter 10. We'll stand in just a moment, uh, but John chapter number 10 is where we're going to be today. We have started a series a couple weeks ago called I Am. And uh, this series is going through the seven I Am statements that Jesus made in the book of John. John recorded Jesus saying seven different times, I am this. And as, he, as, as, as we're going through this series, we're learning about Jesus. And of course, the reason for that is because our theme for the year is looking unto Jesus. And if we're going to look at Jesus, we better understand who we're looking at and uh, to learn more about Him. And uh, this is something we are supposed to be doing. In fact, Peter, uh, who learned a lot about Jesus, he walked with Him and talked with Him for three and a half years and then uh, saw the resurrected Lord and it completely changed His life. And uh, he wrote two books of the Bible, First and Second Peter. And at the very end of that book, he says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're to continue to grow in our knowledge of who the Lord is. Of course, this is who we're going to be worshiping for all of eternity. And so it's important for us to take some time to look at the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we started the first Sunday, we looked in John chapter 6, as Jesus said, I am the bread of life, and in that we learned that Jesus is the source of our life, of physical life. He's our creator, he's the source of our eternal life, he's the source of our abundant life. We, we saw that he's our sustainer of life, he is the bread that uh, continues to uh, satisfy us, and then of course he, is, he gives true satisfaction His life in life as well. And then last Sunday, we looked at the fact that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And that we saw that he exposes our sin. It's not something we usually like, but uh, being the light of the world, he does, he does shine in that darkness in our hearts and exposes us for who we really are. And then he enables our sight, uh, being the light of the world. And we saw that in how he healed uh, that blind man in John chapter 9. And then he expects us then, as this is the only one, that he says, I am the light of the world, but also ye are the light of the world. And so he expects us then to shine in the world in which we live. And so today we're going to look at the third I am statement of Jesus in the book of John, when Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. John chapter 10 is where we're going to be. If you would join me in standing one more time uh, for this. Uh, For the reading of God's word, John chapter 10, verse. we're going to read verses 1 through 9. John chapter 10, verse 1 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out, And we put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep." All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that John recorded here and the Holy Spirit inspired him to write the words of Jesus when he said, I am. And Lord, as we look at this I am statement, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to have very clear understanding of what you mean by this. Lord, I pray that we would not just understand it, but then we would, uh, Lord, apply that truth to our own lives. Help us, Lord, uh, today and guide us. I pray you'd remove the distractions from our minds and hearts and help us now to focus in. On what your word says. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You May be seated. I'm going to share with you today one of my very earliest memories that I have in my life. It happened when I was around two and a half years old. And I know it's hard to imagine somebody remembering something when they were two and a half years old. Uh, But I do remember this very clearly. You see we had in our house uh, a sliding glass door that led to the backyard of our home. And uh, the way this backyard this uh, sliding glass door worked was uh, there was a little black latch that would uh, if you if you pushed it down it locked it and when you pushed it up it unlocked it. And so I was very intrigued by how this sliding glass door worked. And so I began to kind of learn how to use it as a two-and-a-half-year-old. I do remember, you know, trying to play with it when it was open and, and see what the little latch thing did as, you know, as I pushed it up and down. Well, somehow it had, it had broken to where the, the latch wasn't all there. It, was, it, was, it had just kind of broken off, so it was a little bit there but not all the way. And, uh, and I remember one day uh, my, my mom and dad... Uh, and I was the only child at that point. My brother came along uh, a year and a half later, or a couple years later. Um, so I was an only child at that moment. And uh, and my mom and dad went out into the backyard. And uh, I think they were talking about you know some landscaping project that they wanted to do in the backyard, or uh, I'm not sure what they were talking about. I don't remember that. But I remember them being out outside in the backyard, and I remember me being inside. And I thought. If there's ever a time to test it, it's right now. I could literally lock my parents outside, and I can have the whole house to myself. I remember thinking this. And so I closed the door, and they kind of looked behind, behind them that like the door's closed, no big deal. Eric doesn't know how to lock it. Oh, but I did know how to lock it. And so I, I locked the door. I think it was, remember I said it was, I, I pushed it down. And uh, it was all I could do to push that thing down, and, and, uh, and I tested it to make sure it was locked, and sure enough, it was locked. I thought, oh yeah, this is going to be great. And so I remember just standing there watching and waiting. And uh, finally, they kind of finished their conversation, and then they made their way back to the sliding glass door, and they, were, they, they put their hand on the, on the little handle there and was about to pull it open, but it wouldn't open. And they, they were kind of shocked, and so they tried it a little bit more, and, and I remember just standing there on the other side of the glass just looking at them with a big smile on my face. And uh, they're like, Eric, open this up. And I was thinking, man, this is great. I kind of have them right where I want them, you know. I mean, I have the whole house to myself. I could eat as much cereal as I want, as much ice cream as I want. No one's going to tell me what to do. It's wonderful. Uh but then I began to think, okay, this cereal that I really want, it's way up in the top cap, uh, cupboard. I can't reach that. This is before I was able to like get up. I used to be able to like pull myself up there you know, and, and uh, do that type of thing to get up on the, the, the counter so that I could reach the cereal. Well, that was before that. Uh, I couldn't reach the cereal on my own. I didn't even know how to pour the mil- milk. And so I was beginning to think, I'm pretty helpless actually without my parents. And and what if I get a boo-boo? Who's gonna kiss it and make it all better? You know? And so I'm starting to I'm starting to have these thoughts. At first it was pretty exciting to have the whole house to myself. And then I was like, wait a minute, actually, I actually want my parents in this house. And so they they I, I tried to open it, I tried to push it up, and I just didn't have the strength to do it. And I had a stick in there, and my dad's like, hey Eric. Go get the stick and, and, and push that up. And I tried to do it, and I couldn't get it open. And I began to start to cry because my, my parents were locked out of the house. And uh, then my dad decided, you know what? I think our, our kitchen window has never locked properly. I wonder if that's still like that. And, I think, and sure enough, he was able to get through the uh, the kitchen window. That's that's how I'm still alive. Otherwise, I, I don't think I'd be here right now. Um, and uh, that, that remember, I remember that, that door uh, was one of my first memories dealt with a door. Uh, doors are extremely uh, significant, not even in just this life. I mean, you think about it, in order to get into this building this morning, you had to walk through a door. And uh, doors are extremely significant in this life, but they're also very significant throughout the Word of God. Uh, the very first recorded door in the Bible was the door of the ark that Noah and his, and his family built. And if you recall, there was only one door into that ark, and only those who entered through that door were saved from judgment. Those outside the door perished, but those inside were rescued. And then if you fast forward in the Bible about a thousand years to, uh, from the flood, God used a man by the name of Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Well, the night before they were set free, the Lord instituted what's called the Passover, The Israelites were then told to sacrifice a lamb without blemish and then place some of that lamb's blood on the frames of their front doors. Later that night, the death angel passed by and would slay the firstborn except for the homes with the blood on the door. Their homes were protected by the blood of an innocent lamb. And Jesus Christ, the innocent lamb of God, would one day much later shed his sinless blood on the old rugged cross. And those who believe on him would have then that blood applied to their life and as a result would be saved. And then if you go with me all the way to the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ as he is preaching and teaching in Matthew chapter 7, he mentions two other doors or gates. In uh, chapter 7 of Matthew he says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And there's another door mentioned in the Bible. It's the door to the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on that first resurrection Sunday, almost 2,000 years ago, an angel rolled that stone away that was covering the door of that tomb. He did that not to let Jesus out, but to open it up to show the disciples that he's not there anymore, for he has risen again. And then we come to this I am statement here in John chapter 10 when Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. So this morning I would like to notice three very important truths about Jesus Christ as the door. First of all, I want us to see, number one this morning, the proclamation of Christ. The proclamation of Christ in verses 1 through 5. I won't take the time to read through them once again. But in verses 1 through 5, Jesus gives them a parable about the sheepfold and the relationship between the sheep and the porter. Well, this went completely over their heads. They completely missed it. And, uh, and so in verses, uh, verse 6, the Bible says, uh, They understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. They just completely missed it. So in verses 7 and 9, he uh, very clearly spells it out for them. And in this passage, in verse 7, he first of all says, Verily, verily, which is truly, truly, which means it's very true, very true, I say unto you. I am the door of the sheep. Verse number 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And so in this passage, he chooses to proclaim that he is the door. Now, here's an explanation of what that proclamation means. The great preacher G. Campbell Morgan, which I have a few of his books in my uh, collection, he once traveled across the Atlantic with the great Old Testament scholar, Sir George Adam Smith. Well, on their voyage, the two men began discussing this text, uh, John chapter 10 here, and Smith shared a personal incident. He said, while traveling in the east, he came upon a shepherd with his sheep he initiated a conversation which led the man to show Smith the fold where he led those sheep at night. It consisted of four walls and a very narrow opening. Smith asked, Oh, this is where they go at night? Shepherd replied, Yes. And when they are in there, they are perfectly safe. Smith replied, But there is no door. The shepherd responded, Well, actually, I am the door. Now, of course, the shepherd that he was talking to was not a Christian man. He was simply speaking from an Arab shepherd's point of view. Smith asked, what do you mean you're the door? Shepherd replied, well, when the light is gone and all the sheep are inside, I lie in the open space and no sheep ever goes out but across my body and no wolf comes in unless he crosses my body. That shepherd said again, I am the door. So when Jesus says, I am the door, it's basically he's the one who is that one who is laying there protecting the sheep and making sure that we're safe on the inside and making sure that no one is able to come in and take us away. Jesus is the door. There's a couple descriptions that he gives about the door here in this passage. First of all, I want us to notice that he is the only door there's only one door into this sheepfold and Jesus says I am the door I remember when I was in California uh, on staff at the uh, church there at Liberty Baptist in Newport Beach one of my responsibilities was once a month uh, each of us staff guys had uh, to take our turns locking up after uh, church on Sundays And uh, that's the day we didn't want fellowship. You know, fellowship is a wonderful thing in churches, but uh, I'll be honest, I was like, hey, we don't need to fellowship tonight, let's just get everybody gone so that I can go lock up and go home. Because it always took forever when people are just milling around and talking and fellowshipping, it just drove me crazy. (laughs) Well, especially when you consider, I think it was in the neighborhood of about 50 doors that we had to touch in order to lock up that night. And uh, it took a while. And so I was like, let's move on, people. Let's move on. Don't you have homes to go to? Today's a school night, you know. <laughs> Tomorrow's school. Come on, go home. I was turning off lights. Some of you know that I do that here even still. Um, but uh, but I, I got to, I, I'm thankful that uh, when, when Jesus says, I am the door, there's not multiple doors here, Okay like there was on the campus of Liberty Baptist Church. There, there, there's only one door. He's the exclusive door. Oh, there's lots of uh, doors that, uh, that some people try to go through that are false doors. I think religion is a false door. Uh, good works, a false door. Being a good person. Being really sincere about what you believe, except for the fact that it's wrong. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12 says this, Peter did, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's one door. And Jesus is that one door. The door is not baptism. The door is not observing the sacraments. The door is not acceptance by the church or membership within a Baptist church. The door is certainly not your good works or your good deeds. The door is not even your family. You are not born into Christianity by being born into a Christian home. The door is Jesus Christ himself. He is the only way to God the Father. Jesus said there's only one door that leads to life. Matthew 7.14, I mentioned it a little bit ago. Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Why is Jesus the only door? Because, my friend, He is the only one who died on the cross for your sins. He's the only one who paid the price for our eternal salvation. The church didn't do that. You certainly can't die on the cross for your own sins. You see, Jesus already did that. That's why he's the only door. What can wash away my sin? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He is the only door. But praise the Lord. I, I see something else here. He is the open door. He is the open door. Verse number nine, Jesus says, I am the door if by me, by me, if any man enter in. In other words, the door is open for us to enter in. He is the open door. But that openness of the door is temporary. There's going to come a day where the door gets shut. I think about uh, when Noah and his family built that ark. There was only one door into that ark. And the door was open for a good while. And, of course, Noah and his family entered in. And, of course, the animals, two by two and some seven by seven, entered into that ark. But one day, that door was closed. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 16, the Bible says, And they... That went in, went in male and female of all flesh. By the way, those are the only two genders there are. I realize that our our culture is really confused about that right now. With everything under the sun getting canceled, it's it's not going to be long where they decide to cancel the word of God. Um, But uh, male and female of all flesh went in as God commanded him. And the Bible says then, and the Lord shut him in words that door was open for a good while but eventually that door was shut and no longer were people able to get in and so because he is the open door right now and because this door is open to all right now there should be an urgency for salvation for those who haven't come to Christ and believed on him, uh, there it needs to be an urgency in our hearts to come and get saved while you may. Proverbs 27 and verse 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I, I know that all of us expect to live a long, long time, but none of us are guaranteed another day. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse number 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Not some day down the road. James puts it this way. For our life, what is our life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For those who have hair, you may use hairspray. You say pastor, you don't know anything about hairspray, okay? You have no need to know anything about that. You can just put that out of your brain. Well, back in the back in the early 90s, baby, I used Aquanet. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Come on. How many still use Aquanet? Okay. That's probably took a bunch of brain cells and killed a bunch of brain cells in all of our hearts and lives, but Uh, But you get some hairspray and you spray it over that big mane of yours. Uh, You see that that mist appear and then it and then it goes away. Well, what an example that is for our lives. Our lives are like that. We're a vapor. we're, We're there for a little bit, but then pretty soon we vanish away. Are you ready to vanish away? Someone once said very correctly, you're not really ready to live until you're ready to die. Are you ready to die? Are you ready to meet your maker? Right now, he is the open door. There should be an urgency in our hearts to come to Christ. I was kind of calculating it. Um, I think it's either tomorrow or Tuesday that uh, I will have, if I make it to tomorrow or Tuesday... I will have outlived my mother. My mom died when she was almost 44 and a half, and here I am almost 44 and a half myself. It's kind of an interesting thought to know that you outlived your mother. Okay, well, here's the deal She was ready to go before that. Am I ready to go before that? Uh, The answer for me is yes, but what's your answer? Are you ready to go? Because one day that door is going to shut. There's an urgency, should be an urgency for salvation. There also should be a, an urgency for reaching others with the gospel while the door is still open. While you still can talk to your family, while you still can talk to your coworkers, while you still can uh, witness to your neighbors, while you still can be a witness and testimony to those you go to school with. Because one day that door is going to close. Jesus said in John 9 and verse number 4, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. There's going to come a day where you're not going to be able to go on outreach. You're not going to be able to invite somebody to, your, to the church's Easter service uh, coming up. We're not going to have an opportunity to invite people to church and, and to get the gospel out. So there should be an urgency for this. He's the open door, but he's not going to be the open door forever. And so if you're not saved this this morning, come through that door while you can, because the door is going to close eventually. Those of us who have been saved, let's do what we can to bring others through that door while it is still open. So we see the proclamation of Christ, but then I want us to see, secondly, the passage of Christ. In verse number nine, Jesus says, I am the door by me, if any man enter in. By me, if any man enter in. So Jesus also speaks here about those who can pass through this door. First of all, I want to share with you this thought. Any man may enter. Any man may enter. That's anybody in this room who has not entered you can you're allowed to enter in through that door John 3 and verse 16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him any man may enter Romans 10:13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Revelation 22 and verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is athirst come. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. John said in John chapter 2, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is, Jesus is, the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So friend, it does not matter your religious background or your financial status. It doesn't matter your educational background or what you do for a living. It doesn't matter how well you have obeyed the Ten Commandments. It doesn't matter whether you consider yourself a good person. It doesn't matter what color skin you have because it really honestly does not matter. Red and yellow, black and white. We're all precious in His sight. You are welcome to come in through this door. Any man May enter. Look, there's room for you at the cross. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Any man may enter. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to have any type of uh, religious uh, pedigree or credentials behind your. No, you can enter. Any man may enter. Jesus said in John 10, 9, I am the door by me if any man enter in. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that you can enter in? Aren't you glad he says, hey, and he called you by name, come on in. You're welcome here. Praise the Lord. Any man may enter, but I would say this next, any man must enter just because the door is open to you just because you're invited in doesn't mean that you're in you've got to walk through that door you've got to enter in by me if any man and you actually have to actually enter in in order to be in i heard the gospel i don't know how many times before i made the decision to actually believe on christ I was raised in church, and as a 12-year-old young man, I, was, I remember looking at a little booklet I was working through for my church, and, and it said, please write the date that you believed on Christ. And I remember thinking, wow, I don't remember ever actually doing that. I remember I, 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 I've heard about it so many times, but I've never actually entered in. And so right then and there I decided that I would enter in through that door. I would I would believe on Christ. I wonder how many times you've heard the gospel. It doesn't really matter how many times whether this is the first or the millionth time. My question to you is have you entered in? Have you believed on Jesus Christ? Jesus said in John chapter 3 and verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're not born again, my friend, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. He said a few verses later in verse 7, Marvel not, that I said unto thee, ye must be born again, Jesus said. Any man must enter. Acts 16 and verse 30, the, uh, the jailer there in Philippi asked Paul and Silas, he said, uh, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He wanted to be saved and he said, what do I need to do? And they said unto him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Any man must enter. Are you here today and you're thankful for the open door? He's the only door, he's the open door, but maybe you have never entered personally. Uh, maybe the rest of your family has. Maybe your spouse has. Maybe your children have. Maybe your parents have, but, but you haven't. Let's let today be the day. Because one day, again, as I said, that door is going to close. So we see the proclamation of Christ, the passage of Christ, and then thirdly, I want us to see the promises of Christ. For those who enter this door, Jesus offers three wonderful and precious promises to those who decide to indeed enter in through this door. What are those promises? First of all, the promise of salvation. Verse number nine, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. It's a promise from God. He didn't say He might be saved. He hopefully will be saved. No, he shall be saved. It's a guarantee from God. Saved. What does that mean, saved? I think I mentioned uh, recently a story of me talking to a man after church in California. My my pastor encouraged us to talk to people about the Lord, and uh, especially. Guests and, and so I, I I there was a guest that came and I, I wanted to talk to him and he, he got out of the he got out of the building pretty quick I mean he made a line. I think guests are pretty good at doing that usually and then uh, but if you're a guest here I'm not yeah, saying anything about you so okay um, uh, but this guy this guy bolted after the service and I'm like oh boy pastor's gonna ask me you know did I talk to him and I I don't want to say uh, yeah he was too fast for me. He's gonna say, "You need to hit the gym, buddy. You get faster." You know, I didn't want him to say that, so I, I ran after him in the parking lot—not to be creepy, but I, I did. And uh, and so I, I found him, and I said, "Hey, I, I wanted to meet you. I, I, I'm thankful you came today, and 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 I just I, I need to ask you. You know, have you been saved?" And uh, and he said, "Yes, I, I was saved." And I was like, "Great. You mind telling me about it?" He said, "Sure. When I was when I was a kid, yeah, I was riding my bike and and uh, and I ended up falling. And this guy helped me up and and uh, and, and saved me. It's like, I'm I'm really glad that you know you were saved physically there, but that's not what I meant by the word 'saved.' I, I I'm have you believed on Christ for your salvation? Are you Bible saved?" And he was like, I don't know, but I got to get going. You know, I'm going to be late for something. And I was like, all right, well, we'll talk more about it later. Here's the point. Have you been saved? For those who have entered in, there is a promise that you and I can indeed be saved. John 5 and verse 4, Jesus said this, verily, verily. Here's another verily, verily statement of Christ. I say unto you, he that heareth my word, believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Uh, The songwriter wrote, I have found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true. I love to tell how he lifted me and what his grace can do for you. Saved by his power divine, saved to new life sublime, life now is sweet and my joy is complete for I'm saved. Saved, and there's one more, saved. (laughs) Talking today about your soul, have you been Bible saved? Have you been born again? Have you ever believed on Christ as your personal Savior? If you make this decision, He promises to save you. But then there's another promise, and that is not only salvation, but there is security. For this, we're going to go a little bit more later on in this chapter. If you look in verse number 27. For those who are saved, there there is this security that we have in Christ. Verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. There's that salvation. But here's the security. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So when you uh, believe on Christ and you're saved and you enter in through that door, the Bible says that you are I have a little piece of gum here. And Luke, would you mind coming up here and helping me with this? But be nice. You promise to be nice to your dad? He says, "I have no guarantees, no guarantees. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I've taught you well, my son. Um, so when you're, you and I are this little piece of gum here, And uh, when you and I get saved, we get placed into the hand of Jesus Christ. And he says in verse uh, 28, they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So go ahead and try to get that out. He's got nails, so I better be careful. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you're strong, but not near as strong as me. Okay. And don't you forget it. Okay. He's not. Oh, no, no, you're not done. This little piece of gum is secure in my hand, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. Okay, When you and I believe on Christ, we're completely secure in the hand of Jesus Christ. Okay, But it goes on in verse number 29. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So when you and I believe on Christ, we are placed into his hand. And then we're placed into the hand of the Father. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now go ahead and try. It's not even worth trying. Because I am just way too strong for you. Let's just be honest. Okay. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. You're ruining the illustration, dude. (laughs) Wow. You get the idea. We're completely secure in the Lord Jesus Christ's hands and in his Father's hand because they are one. We're completely secure. So you're saying that once I'm saved, I'm always saved? Yep, that's what I'm saying. Well, that means that I can go and live however I want and I'm still saved. Well, see, those who are secure and saved should then desire to live for Christ, not for themselves. And they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, Paul said, but unto him which died for them and rose again. See, now I'm not living uh, because I'm secure, because I'm saved. I should not want to live for myself and uh, continue in sin that grace may abound. No, God forbid that. No, I want to live for Christ. Christ. This doesn't give me a license then to sin. It gives me a license to live for the Lord. So the security, it offers that. It also offers uh, sustenance in our life. Sustenance. In verse number 9, going back to John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. God says, There's going, you're going to find in me All you need. You're not going to need to worry about all your needs being met because I'm going to take care of them. Matthew chapter 6, at the end of that chapter, when he talks about, hey, you're worrying about your raiment. You're worrying about your food. Would you stop worrying about that stuff? Just seek me first, and and all these things shall be added unto you. Stop worrying about all that that, that stuff that the unsaved people worry about. I'm going to take care of you. I take care of the little birds. I can't, why can't I, don't don't you think I can take care of you? Yeah, God can take care of us. We're going to, he's going to, we're going to find pasture. We're going to find all that we need in the Lord. C.H. Spurgeon said this. Oh, you who open your Bibles and want to understand a text. The way to get into the meaning of a text is through the door. Christ. Oh, you who want to get more holiness. Come through the door. The way to holiness is not through Moses or the law, but through Christ. Oh, you who would have closer communion with your heavenly Father, the way to come in is not through your own efforts, but through Christ. You came to Christ at first to get salvation. You must come to Christ still to get sanctification. Never look for another door, for there is but one. And that one door will let you into life, love, love peace, knowledge, and sanctification. Good words, Brother Spurgeon, good words. So this morning, we've looked at Jesus saying, I am the door of the sheep. We mentioned that he is the only door, there is only one. We mentioned that the door is open. Can we end this message by with this thought? While the door is open, would you walk through it? for salvation. Uh, this morning, we have a few doors in our in our auditorium, but this is one of them. Uh, let this picture the one door. Right now, that door is open. Will you walk through it? Because one day, it's going to shut. And when it does, just imagine the people there as the rain began to fall and the flood began to rise. They're at, and, and they're clamoring at the door, Noah, let us in! Well, the problem was it was too late. They had an opportunity, but now the door's closed. Right now, if you're here and you're not saved, would you just simply walk through that door? Would you enter in? You're welcome to. Anyone can. A child can. An adult can. Will you walk through that door? You say, Pastor, I've already walked through that door. I can remember a time in my life when I believed on Christ and i have been saved. I remember that. Uh, That was a great day for me when I walked through that door. Okay, well, while that door's still open, would you take someone with you? If you're a family man, come on. Would you grab your family? Now, not right now physically, but would you make sure you try to take some people with you? through that door your family first and what about some friends and other people that you know come on with me Andrew you need to come through that door my friend amen who else needs to come through the door you right and so you're just trying to find people in your life while the door is open you guys can be seated while the door is open Let's make sure we walk through the door, and let's make sure we're taking people with us through the door. Your family, your co-workers, because one day that door is going to close, and it's going to be eternally too late. And My friend, we don't have time to get into the biblical description of hell, but it is a place that nobody wants to be. That is the place for those who fail to go through that door while it's open door's open for you. Will you come through that door today? For those of us who have, let's do what we can. The Lord has left us here with a mission, a purpose. A big part of that purpose is to get people through that door. A big reason that God didn't take us out of this life the moment we were saved is so that we could take people through that open door. It's not to get... Things for me is to help people through that door, to usher people through that door.